Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks for joining me today. Saturday shows are my favorite show of the week. I really love them all, but Saturday especially because Saturday is when I answer your questions. And last weekend, I shared that I went into our free Primal Potential Facebook group. If you're not part of it, I would love to have you there. It's an epic community. And I said, what do you want to know? What is on your mind? What questions can I answer? What have you just been kind of wondering about? We got so many questions that I couldn't fit them all into one episode. I'll be honest, I don't think I can fit them all into two episodes, but today we are going to dive into those. And as we do every Sunday, I am going to be giving something away today. Today, it is the third edition of the Identity Journal. That is the coveted custom journal we've created for the 12 Weeks to Transformation, and we almost never make it available outside of the 12 Weeks to Transformation. In the 12 Weeks, we are on the fourth edition, but I've got a handful of third edition copies, and I'm going to be giving away one today, so stay tuned. Listen all the way to the end, because you might be the one to win and you can win very easily. Today, we're giving away uh, the prize to somebody who left a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. So that is one way to do it. Or you can leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcasts, or that's iTunes, or you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Just make sure to tag me so I see it and just share an episode that you're listening to or something that you've learned from the podcast. If you do all three, you get three chances to win, and we give something away every single week. We'll announce the winner of the third edition of the Identity Journal at the end of today's show. So let's start with these questions that, again, I went to everybody in our free Primal Potential Facebook group and said, what do you want to know? The first question is, what inspires you? So this person wants to know what inspires me. I think the biggest thing is what I know is possible. You know, there's there's no reason that I can't be financially free and live with a level of financial abundance that allows me to be as generous as I want to be to people in my life. I know that's possible. It's possible for all of us. So it inspires me to do the work to make that happen because why live without it when I know I could live with it? Same thing, I'm inspired by what's possible for my physical health and my fitness. I know that I can be a 55, 65, 75-year-old woman doing pull-ups. I know that is possible. It's absolutely possible. So why would I live without it when I know I can live with it? I know that I can have a huge, happy, connected, close, supportive family. So why would I live without it when I know I can live with it? 
the reality of what is possible for me inspires me because I want to go after those things. The next question says, your gift to so many of us has been your life's work to help us transform ourselves using the challenges and the lessons in the 12 Weeks to Transformation. My questions are, what has been your greatest transformation in these last six years? What has been your greatest challenge and what has been your greatest success? My greatest transformation in these last six years, I would say I'm a much more peaceful person. I have grown mentally and emotionally in major ways in the last six years. And so I think that has brought a lot more enjoyment to my life because prior to that, it was just all intensity all the time. It was... Uh, you know, especially when I was in that in that time frame of like losing 150 pounds and starting Primal Potential and getting out of debt and all, all of those things, there was very little enjoyment. It was done with a focus and intensity at the exclusion of happiness, at the exclusion of connection. And over the last six years, I think I've become a lot more peaceful and a lot more connected. And that has been the most significant thing in my life. I don't get worked up as much about the small stuff anymore. I mean, as a business owner, probably just as a human, there are 50 or 60 things that go wrong every single day. And I'm much more balanced about them. And even when things happen, like just just before I walked out to my office to uh, record this podcast episode, Chris came in from showing a house and he was helping me with something with Primal and he was super flustered about it and he was kind of like giving me attitude and I just said, this conversation doesn't need to go like that. So take a beat and collect yourself, but I'm not going to have this conversation like that. And I wasn't snarky or difficult or defensive. It was just very matter of fact, like, hey, this conversation could go like that, but I'm not going to have that conversation that way. So just be calling your attention to the fact that it doesn't have to be like this. I'm going to go record. And, you know, a few years ago, I would have been like, what's your problem? Why do you have to be like that? So that's been my greatest transformation. What has been my greatest challenge? Losing Dagny. I mean, living without my daughter after a full-term pregnancy, after a healthy birth, after bringing her home and enjoying life with her, hands down, greatest challenge of my life. Most of you guys know my, um, my dad who raised me died in a car accident when I was a senior in college, and uh, that was awful, and it was nothing compared to losing Dagny. And um, divorce was so hard and scary, and uncertain, and it felt like failure, and a million other things, but I mean, so easy compared to losing my baby, losing a child. That has been my greatest challenge. What has been my greatest success? I think consistency. I really think that the greatest success has been that I just haven't quit, And it's not just in one area. In terms of my financial goals, I haven't quit. It wasn't like I got out of debt, so check the box. No, then I wanted to build stability and security. And now I want to build freedom and abundance. And I I just haven't quit. I work on that every single day. And 
with my health, there's been setbacks and frustrations. And with my weight, there's been ups and downs, but I just haven't quit. And with Primal, there's been exciting seasons and frustrating seasons and questioning seasons, but I just haven't quit on any of it. And I would say unequivocally, that is my, my greatest success. All right. This next question says, what do you do if you have goals, but struggle with terribly low self-esteem? I get this. I, I still work on my self-esteem. I, I wouldn't say that I'm at a point where I have terribly low self-esteem, um, but I certainly did for most of my life. And I think we have to begin with clarity and specificity. Why do you have low self-esteem? And I don't mean where did it come from? What was the origin? What I mean is in what areas? Where do you lack confidence? What are the things that contribute to your low self-esteem? Is it being inconsistent? Is it your weight? Is it your financial status? Is it, you name it. Get really specific and clear on what is contributing to that low self-esteem or the areas of your life where it's most prominent and obvious. And then what would it take? What would it take for you to feel better about yourself? Maybe you need to be able to trust yourself or you want to take better care of yourself or you want to be more consistent. You have to get clear on what that solution looks like and then apply it to today. It's a practice. It's not, it's not some like breakthrough moment. It is a choice that you will make again and again and again. For me, confidence comes from doing what I say. When I say I'm going to do something and then I get it done, no matter how I feel, I feel more confident in myself and that builds over time. So if I were looking at, okay, how can I keep my word to myself? How can I build a character that makes me know that I'm somebody who keeps my word, that keeps my promises to myself? What will that look like? Well, today it means going to the gym at 3.30, even though I'm really not in the mood to, even though I'd love to just lay on the couch and watch TV or, you know, take a few hours off before a webinar tonight. So I can do that. I can do that today. I can go to the gym today. Break it down and focus it on what you can do today. The next question says, so when I stop mindless eating and drinking wine and watching television and playing on my phone and all of the other things that I used to do to deal with boredom or tedium or frustration or loneliness, what do I replace them with? I can come up with a mental list, but I just don't feel like doing any of the things on the list. I don't want to be busy just to keep myself busy. I agree completely. I agree completely. I'll tell you, when I stopped just eating as a means of dealing with loneliness and boredom, I started going to bed earlier. It wasn't like, oh, gee, let's stay up and do a puzzle or get an adult coloring book. I, I didn't want to do those things just to do those things. So I noticed that around nine o'clock at night when I would normally be sitting on the couch with some ice cream or some popcorn or some pretzels or whatever, I was actually tired and I started going to bed. But I think you have to look at, well, what is it that you want for your life that's not there now? For example, for me, one of the things that is very important to me is financial freedom and abundance. Not so that I can have a nicer house or flashier cars, but because of the options that it brings. And I was talking to Chris about this just yesterday because um, when, when Dagny 
got sick. Well, if you don't kind of know how that all happened, um, when she was 12 days old, we thought she was just a little bit dehydrated. Um, actually, we didn't think that. We didn't really think anything was wrong. Her her pediatrician said, you know what? She might be a little dehydrated. Um, go home and see if you can get her to take three ounces of expressed milk. Because uh, when you're like nursing from your breast, you don't really know how much they got. So see if you can get her to take three ounces or maybe it was two ounces. Either way. And if you can't, take her to the pediatric ER. She might be dehydrated or you don't want her to become dehydrated. So um, we we got her to take like two and a half ounces if it was three or like one and a half if it was two. I don't remember what the number was exactly, but like close, you know. And so we were in this place of like, should we go in? Should we not go in? It was right at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. So like we weren't super excited about like taking her out, taking her into a hospital with all of that going on. Um, but we decided to, and everyone was very sure like, oh yeah, she's totally fine. Just a little bit dehydrated. We'll give her some fluids and you guys will be back on your way home. No problem. Then um, a few hours later, not well, yeah, a few hours later, it became clear that she was very, very, very sick and we needed to get her to Boston Children's Hospital for surgery. And it happened so, so fast. And when I was driving in the ambulance, um, with this guy named Joe, who I'll never forget. And I like, get kind of emotional even thinking about Joe and, and just um, how amazing he was. He said, this is going to be a long road. If they're able to help her in surgery, like if she survives the surgery, you're going to be here for a while. And it shocked me because I just didn't see that coming. I was totally confused and I was, I was stunned. If you could have seen my face, like I think that I just was so wide-eyed and, and terrified and alarmed. But in that moment, follow me, I'm going somewhere with this. Um, I said, okay, to myself, I said, we'll get an apartment in Boston. Like if we're going to be in Boston and Dagny's going to be in the hospital for a while, no big deal. We are going to get an apartment in Boston and we will just stay there. And for as long as we need to, we'll, we'll live in Boston. That kind of decision can't be made without financial security and financial abundance. And even in the aftermath, since she died, things like the medical expenses, I, I mean, we got home from the hospital and for weeks I was still getting bills from her delivery and from, you know, my stay in the hospital after she was born in my C-section and, um, you know, her first pediatrician appointments. And then of course came the bills for, for her, her medical expenses. And, you know, we were in a, we were a wreck and I can't imagine how much worse it would have been if we were in this deep grief over the loss of our daughter and then also being like, how do we pay these bills? So not only for us and not knowing what's ahead, but for our families, you know, a year ago, Chris's dad got very, very sick and we thought we were going to lose him. And he was in Germany at the time. Chris's dad and his mom live in Germany temporarily. And we had to get a same-day flight from Boston to Germany. And each flight, was, I ended up going a couple days later. I was pregnant and uh, had to clear up a couple things and make sure the dogs and the chickens were taken care of. But we got Chris out that day. And that flight was $3,000. And my flight was like $2,900. 
And I can't imagine if we had to have said like, well, we, we can't afford that. You know, we can't afford that. So I take very seriously the um, pursuit of financial security. And I know that this question was like, what do I replace these things with that I used to turn to food or, or playing on my phone or watching television with? For me, when I'm not working on primal potential, I am every day for usually about 30 minutes a day working consistently, 30 minutes a day, seven days a week on building alternate streams of income. That has become a passion of mine. Look, I'm not trying to like do a puzzle to fill my time. I'm not going for a walk because there's nothing else to do. I take very seriously that financial freedom and abundance and my additional income streams that I've decided to pursue and building a team with that so that I have a strong six-figure income outside of primal potential. So what is it that you want for your life that you don't have? Maybe it's starting a business. Maybe it's getting healthy. But if you now have all of this extra time because you're not wasting it overeating or watching television or playing on your phone, give it to that thing that really matters to you. That is a gift that you get to give to make your life better. The next thing isn't so much a question, but rather a request for me to touch on how negative relationships impact your health and health goals. I don't think they have to, but I also know that they do for a lot of people. So you get stressed because there's this tense relationship and then you turn to food or you turn to alcohol or you distract yourself with online shopping or whatever it looks like for you. But that's not about the relationship. That's about your response to the relationship. And something that always inspires me is if there's a relationship or a problem that upsets me and affects me, do I really want to give it the power to hurt my health or my goals? Absolutely not. Like if there's somebody who really pisses me off, really upsets me, do I also want to give them the power to make me overeat? Not a chance. Not a chance. Now that's a practice. And what it requires is a lot of awareness and a lot of honesty. Because for for many years, I just didn't question it. I'm stressed. I'm upset. Food. Well, what other options are there? Does this really make sense? And I talk about this a lot, how I practice every day being more logical than emotional, being more present than absent. And when I'm being more logical than emotional, it's like, well, I'm... I'm upset with this person or I'm frustrated by this person or this relationship isn't what I want it to be. So I can either improve the relationship, I can either remove myself from the relationship, or I can invest energy in other relationships that that bring more value to me and that make me feel better. But when I'm being more emotional, when I'm being more absent than present, I'm not being logical at all. This is why I started doing the daily mindset upgrades They are short text messages, audio messages that I send out seven days a week where we work on upgrading our thinking. Because if you are allowing some kind of negative relationship 
to be the reason you use, the card you play to justify not taking care of yourself or not pursuing your health goals, you've got to upgrade your mindset. And that is a tremendous opportunity. But let's look at it in terms of like what we can do. We can use communication to improve the relationship. We can invest more energy in other relationships because let's think about it this way. If you have a relationship that's like so, so, so negative, but you have a hundred relationships that are incredibly positive, then that one that's negative doesn't feel as powerful as if you only have like two or three relationships that are really positive. If you have one relationship that's really negative and you give it a ton of energy and attention, it's going to seem way more significant than if you give it less energy and less attention. Can you improve the relationship through communication? Can you minimize the relationship by not giving it as much of your time and attention? Can you add relationships to your life that are healthier and more, more positive? If there was one takeaway one life lesson you could impart on everyone you come across and have impacted, what would it be? Never quit. Never quit. I just did an episode on this the other day. If you haven't listened to it, I think it was Monday or Thursday's episode, but um, never quit. If you haven't listened to that, please do. One life lesson that I wish everybody could come across, stop stopping. All right, this one says, I know there's no weight loss silver bullet, But if there was one, what would it be? Never quit. Never quit. This next question says, what are the health benefits of a mare and the role it plays in weight loss? So to bring everybody up to speed, get everybody on the same page, Amare is a network marketing company and they focus on the connection between the gut and the brain um, and they really focus on restoring and improving your microbiome. I have been taking their products for probably about a year, more than a year, less than a year and a half. And I've seen major improvements to my health. So what are the health benefits of Amari? It depends on, you know, Amari is a company, right? So that's like saying, um, what are the health benefits of, you know, I can't even think of a supplement company off of my head, off the top of my head. Jaro. What are the health benefits of of Kavita? You know, uh, if, if it's not about the company, it's about the specific products, right? So um, they have some products that are probiotics, and they have other products that are not probiotics. But I've done episodes on this before on the importance of the microbiome. So, like one of their products is strains of bacteria that support hormone balance. So what does that have to do with weight loss? Well, if your hormones are out of balance, then your body is going to be very resistant and reluctant to let go of stored fat and much more likely to hang on to and add to um, fat and fat storage. So health benefits and the role it plays in weight loss, hormone balance for that particular product. Um, You know, then if we look at something like the GBX protein. I post regularly my my protein shakes that I take every single day. The health benefits of that, I mean, protein is essential for healing and repair in your body. It's essential for metabolism. It's It's essential for satiety or feelings of fullness. How does that play a role in weight loss? 
Well, it's not just protein. It's also prebiotics that are the food we need for good bacteria in our body to grow and thrive. Um, So in terms of like giving your body quality nutrients, all our bodies have in terms of operations, in terms of like what does our body have to use to keep us healthy, it only has what we give it through, through food. So the more high quality the nutrition we give it, the better. But it's impossible to kind of answer that question so generally because Amare has probably, I don't know, 25 products. Mood is one of them that I take every single day. The health benefit of that is that it helps with cortisol metabolism. Cortisol is a stress hormone, and it also helps with the production of serotonin and dopamine, our feel-good chemicals. Um, How does that help with weight loss? If your cortisol levels are too high, your stress hormones are overproduced, then your body thinks it's in a time of stress, in a time of crisis, and it's going to hold on to stored fat. But again, we'd have to really talk specifically product by product to answer that kind of fairly, but that's sort of an overview. This next one says, do you believe that companies like Viome have a place in the weight loss journey? Viome, for those of you who don't know, is a company that evaluates your microbiome based on a stool sample. So you essentially send in a sample of your stool and they analyze it to see what kind of bacteria are there and then it gives you recommendations from that. Do I think it has a place in a weight loss journey? It's not going to hurt. Do I think that it's necessary or essential? No, I don't. Now, outside of weight loss, if you have some sort of undiagnosed health condition or you have a health condition that hasn't responded to anything else, can it be good data? Sure, it can be. Do I think it's necessary for most people? No, I don't. Some people just like to learn more, which I think can be very dangerous because they often use that and don't take action, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. The, the downside of something like Viome is they're only looking at the bacteria in your stool. And that's fine for the bacteria that's in your stool, but it's not comprehensive because there's bacteria that lives in our mouths. There's bacteria that lives on our skin. There's different types of bacteria on different parts of our body. So the bacteria that you would find on your hands is very different from the bacteria that you would find in your vaginal tract or, you know, uh, on your feet, it's different. So you're getting a very narrow view and people treat it like it's an all-encompassing thing and, and it's not. All right. How can I stop using food as an emotional resource? For me, the first thing was realizing that it wasn't an emotional resource that feeling less isn't the same thing as feeling better and that a distraction isn't the same thing as a solution. My first step was owning, really, truly owning, knowing, believing fully, this is not a solution at all. But if you're still thinking like this is a resource for times of high emotion, then it's still in the deck of like logical options. I removed it from the deck of logical options because to me, it wasn't a logical option. When I would turn to food in response to emotion, I wasn't solving anything. In fact, I was creating another problem. I was avoiding the problem that existed, and then I was creating multiple other problems. I was creating energy problems. I was creating hormonal problems. I was creating uh, self-doubt and guilt and resentment and shame and fear and all of those kinds of problems. So the very first step is own that it's actually not an emotional resource any more than smoking cigarettes is a resource to stress. 
it, it's not. It actually creates more physical stress in your body. It creates other problems. Just because you've told yourself that it's a tool doesn't mean that it is. And then I would say daily mindset upgrades. And that could be literally the daily mindset upgrades that I send out every day, or it could just be choosing to think about things differently, choosing to be a creative, energetic problem solver. The reality is we can't change if we don't think differently. So if you continue to think, well, it's how I deal with emotion. Well, I'm so stressed out that I just can't. I have to. If you keep thinking about it the same way, you'll keep acting on it in the same way. So you have to think differently. And I think of this in terms of upgrading your mindset, becoming a better thinker. I have to do this with and for myself every single day. And that's why now I just share them, right? My mindset upgrades, I just share them every day via text message. All right. This one says, you keep talking about this and I would love to hear more. How do you keep working to close the gap between knowing and doing? First, you have to acknowledge what the gap is, where the gap is. You cannot do this without clarity and specificity. And too many people think in generalities and they don't ever get very specific. So number one, what is that gap for you? What are the things that you know but you not do, that you don't do? And it can't just be very general like eating healthy or losing weight. I know more than I do. I want you to get very specific. What are the specific things you know but do not do. For example, with regards to weight, maybe you know that eating when you're not hungry isn't effective, but you still don't practice that. So then when you have that specificity, you can say to yourself, how can I practice it today? What does it look like today to show up doing what I know? So the first step is specificity. And the second step is applying a practice to today. Once you get clear on what those things are, all you have to do is ask yourself what you'll do with them today. And I know that seems very simple. And that's quite frankly, because it is that simple. It's just a matter of whether or not you'll do something with it or not. Oftentimes people are waiting for some new, some complex and novel solution, but it's not that at all. It is the very simple thing that's so simple you overlook it. And instead of overlooking it, you have to implement it. What are the best foods to fight inflammation? When it comes to inflammation, it's not just about what you eat to reduce it. It's about what you don't eat. And I would say that's even more important. What you don't eat to reduce inflammation is even more important than what you do eat to reduce inflammation. So what we want to get rid of to reduce inflammation, processed food and sugar, for sure. Processed foods and sugar gluten in any and all forms, omega-6 fatty acids, which are in almost every processed food out there, but also in any corn product, right? So almost every processed food has omega-6 fatty acids. Corn products, uh, grain products have omega-6 fatty acids. Get rid of gluten, get rid of sugar. Those are the most important things. What you add in matters, but it doesn't matter as much as those things that you avoid and avoiding them consistently. You can add in omega-3 fatty acids for sure. Um, you can add in, gosh, I mean, that's really like the big one. Turmeric uh, is an anti-inflammatory that you can add in, but honestly, the biggest bang for your buck is going to be what you avoid. This next one says, just a couple more here. Here's one. 
How do I stop making excuses when that's what I've always done? I'm busy. I have two busy boys. I work odd hours. I travel every weekend to care for my father. No one helps me. It's too much. I have to clean and cook. I'm overwhelmed. These are just a few that I have used and my mind thinks that they are really good ones. So I plod through and let myself down and fall in bed and say, I'll start tomorrow. I need a mindset change. You're exactly right. You have to change the way you think about things. And that begins with not telling the story of the excuses. What else is true? This is, again, I, I know I sound like I'm, I'm repeating myself because I am, because fortunately for all of us, what makes it easier is that the solutions are, are few. It's not like there's a hundred million different things we need to do. It's just a few. That's the whole reason I started the daily mindset upgrades, because we have to think about things differently. If you continue to say, well, I'm just busy and I don't have any help and this, that, and the other thing, then you'll continue to make those excuses, but you can think about it differently. I'm going to have more energy and I'm going to have more bandwidth when I do these things. Making these excuses hasn't worked for me before, so today I'm going to live without them. Even though I'm busy and even though my boys are busy, I can find time by doing this or I can find time for this today when. Um, I'm wasting time doing X, Y, and Z, and so today I'm going to eliminate that or minimize that. But you're so right that you need a mindset change, and all that really is is you think about things differently. And if you aren't sure how to upgrade your mindset, then get on board with the daily mindset upgrades. It's $9.99 a month, $9.99 a month, $10 a month. That's a couple days worth of you know coffee at Starbucks, but it changes your life. Um, okay, last question, and then we'll announce today's winner. How do you forgive someone who has deeply hurt you? One of the biggest tools for me is not making it all about what they did to me, but also considering their perspective, because it's easy to stay in your hurt when you are at the center of the story. When it's all about me, when it's all about how I'm hurt and what they did to me. But if you start to make it about them a little bit, what is their perspective? And if you don't know, ask. Hey, this hurt me, but I understand that my perspective is only one side of it. Tell me what you were thinking. Tell me what was going on for you. Tell me how you feel about it now. Invite their perspective if you can't consider it just in your own mind. The other thing is, I want people to forgive me when I've hurt them. And I know I've hurt a lot of people, and I know I'll continue to hurt people, and it's not because I don't care. I care a lot. But sometimes I make mistakes. And so I want to treat others the way I want them to treat me. And so I have to forgive them if I want to be extended that same forgiveness when I screw up. That's a big, big part of it. That combination of not making it all about me and considering their perspective and then treating them the way I would want them to treat me if I hurt them, it makes it, it, makes it really straightforward. It's not always easy, but it is very simple. All right, today we are giving away that third edition of the Identity Journal, and this winner comes from someone who left a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Thank you so much, Melissa A. Cunningham. Melissa A. Cunningham, email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Put winner episode 788 in the subject line, winner episode 788 just so we know um, what prize to send you. We will get you that third edition of the Primal Potential Identity Journal in the mail. Congratulations, Melissa Cunningham. And you might be the winner next week. 
All you got to do is leave a review of this podcast in Apple Podcast, or you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Just be sure to tag me, share an episode that you're listening to or one that you've loved. And every single Saturday, we give something away. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.